no hope. And hopelessness can lead to resentment. And resentment leads to one to stop participating in life. You begin to resent things, you begin to resent your life, and you just say, why am I even here? Why do I even exist? Dr. Miles Monroe says, vision is the source and hope of life. The greatest gift ever given to mankind is not the gift of sight, but the gift of vision. Sight is the function of the eyes, but vision is the function of the heart. Eyes that are that, that look are common, but if you have eyes that actually have vision, it's rare. Nothing noble, noteworthy on earth has ever been done without vision. We can see in different people's lives, many inventors had a vision to be able to bring forth some things. No invention, no development of something that was a great feat has ever happened without vision. They have to have the power of vision. Vision sets you free from the limitations of what your eyes can see. Vision sets you free from the limitations of what the eyes can see. How many of you know there's something farther than what we can see? We know that there's cars in the parking lot, but yet we can't see them from here. So we want to understand that vision also allows you to enter into the freedom of what your heart can actually feel. God has placed within inside us a vision. No matter where you are, no matter where you've come from, no matter where you're born, no matter what state you live in, God has placed inside every person a vision. Every human being is born with the vision on the inside of them. God does not create something and then decide what to use it for. Let me say that again. God does not create something and then decide what to use it for. So you were not created and then God said, hmm, what am I think I'm going to use to kneel for? Tenille's de- destiny and plan and purpose was created and then Tenille was brought forth and that vision is on the inside of her. Is it okay if I use an example this morning? You'll be okay with me? Do I need to, 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 to ask for forgiveness or anything? That, okay, so I, I, you know, sometimes I pick people like, oh, don't say nothing about me. I'm, so I'm going to sit in the back. I should start at the back. No, I'm not going to. I'm just, just playing with you guys tonight, today. So there's something inside you. So let me give you the, the best way I could explain this would be an acorn. Anybody know what an acorn is? There's our acorn. Everybody see the acorn? What do you see? Anybody? Oak tree, oak tree. What else do you see? Anybody? Just see an acorn? See a squirrel. Anybody else? <laughs> the Ice Age, that's a good one. That movie Ice Age, that's a good one. Check that out. What's on the inside of that acorn? We know that there is a vision on the inside of that acorn. There's something that God has placed on the inside of that acorn. And on the inside of that acorn is basically an oak tree. That acorn can produce a huge oak tree, 25 feet high, 17 feet wide, something that can withstand rain and wind and hurricanes and everything else. Do you know that you are like that acorn? Because you're like that acorn by the simple fact that God has placed something, a vision, a plan, a purpose, a destiny on the inside of you. And it wants to produce 
what God wants it to produce. Can I get an amen? Say, vision is the source of life. So vision is the source of life. Future lies within that acorn. And that future is the oak tree. Are you getting this? Is that a good analogy for you? So I want you to understand what's on the inside of you. The tragic thing is that many people live their lives and they never recognize their vision. They just go through life. I've heard it said that the poorest person in the world is a person without vision, is a person without a dream, is a person without destiny, is a person without a purpose. So what is your vision? What is your dream? What is your desire? What's on the inside of you that God has already has and created on the inside of you that wants to bring, that he wants to, to bring forth? The wise king of Israel, Solomon, he stated this in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there's no vision, the people perish. The people perish without a vision. The full essence of this verse literally says where there is no revelation for the future, the people throw off control or restraint. They throw off discipline. The New American Standard Version says there are people without restraint. It literally means that vision is the source of your personal and your corporate life. Come on, somebody. There is a vision on the inside of you. Without it, you're going to do nothing. Without of it, you're going to go nowhere. See, when we have to a great understanding of what vision is, then we're going to begin to start operating in the vision. See, there are many that have a vision and that have, through time or failure or whatever it might be, have lost that vision or just given up on that vision. There are some people that may have no vision for their lives at all. They just get up in the morning and go to work and just kind of live and go throughout their day. There's some that have had a vision and have abandoned that vision. They got discouraged. Or maybe it didn't happen like they wanted it to happen. Or maybe they felt like they had failed along the way and they just quit. They just stopped altogether. Some might be stuck. You might have this vision, but all of a sudden you're stuck. It's almost like it's in neutral. And you're like, how do I get this thing going? How do I put this thing in in first gear? If you're here today and you fit in any of those categories, the next few weeks could possibly be the greatest weeks that you could possibly have to release the vision, the plan and the purpose and the destiny on the inside of you. What I'm telling you is the next few weeks could possibly be the most important weeks in your life. I hope to help you understand the nature of your vision. I hope to help you define it, redefine it, capture it, recapture it, have a greater understanding of your vision itself. I hope to help you simplify it or maybe make it easier to understand and maybe even possibly document your vision that you have Like the acorn, the future is on the inside of you. Your future, your plan, your purpose, your destiny is on the inside of you. I want you to put your hand right here on on the middle section and say, plan and purpose, come forth. Destiny, come forth. 
So we're going to be able to look at these things. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It's a, it's a wonderful scripture. Let's just, let's just read it. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says this. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Things of what we hope for, sure of the things that we hope for, the evidence of things that we don't yet see. So could I say basically that vision is seeing the future before it comes into being? Vision is seeing the future before it comes into being. How many of you have been able to see what's out there that all of a sudden has come into being in your life? You might have said, you know what? You might have been able to see the future where you want to be, you know, in five years from now. And then you do those things to bring that to pass. And then you look back and you say, that vision was fulfilled. There is a plan. There is a purpose. There is a vision on the inside of you. God has placed it there. Do you know the God, the creator of the heavens and the earth? has designed you with a purpose, with a vision, with a plan, and he's already placed it on the inside of you. And some of y'all might think, I think I look for it. Where is that thing in there? Why don't you come on out? Because a lot of times through the course of life, we just don't explore what's there. So everything that you're going to need is on the inside to be able to bring forth that vision. Can I get an amen? You got to look for a mental picture of your destiny. Where is it that you want to be in five years from now? What is it that you want to be doing within five years from now? Vision is the primary motivator for every human action. And therefore, everything we should do should be because of this vision. Do you know that years ago I got into the hog business? And the hog business is not not a real kind of, you know, uh, good business, I should say. Are you with me? You know, people look at a hog farmer, and well, to be honest with you, we just don't hold a lot of esteem like maybe a senator. Are you with me? Can I be true with you, right? I mean, but see what? It's not the hog business that's my vision. It's how I can bring forth the things in my vision to help fund what we want to fund to be able to bring forth the vision that God's placed on the inside of us. So when you go to work tomorrow, you need to go to work for a vision. Yes, you need to work hard for your employer. Yes, you need to do good for your company. Yes, you need to work if you're self-employed in your own, own business. You need to do the best. But what is it about? Is it about just so you can get money, so you can take care of yourself? Or is it about advancing the kingdom of God? So that vision on the inside of you, there's a couple things. And I guess everybody's got a handout. Let's go to that. I'm going to very quickly go to that handout. Before we get there, I want you to know that vision influences every way we live. How we spend our time, how we spend our money. Without vision, you have no values to guide your life. Without vision, there's no sense of direction. Life has no meaning. Why do I get up in the morning? Am I just going to do it another day? Am I going to be like the hamster on the wheel and just go through the whole thing again? Or is there a vision? Is there a plan? Is there a purpose to my life that I get up in the morning, that when the alarm clock goes off, my eyes go open, and I begin to start thinking about the vision. I begin to start thinking about the things of God. I mean, vision literally is the juice of life. Say, juice of life. life. Say, vision is is. the the juice of life. 
Many of you this morning, maybe some of you, got up this morning and drank a glass of orange juice or apple juice or grape juice or some kind of juice. Are you with me? Then, and, and you're thinking, wait a minute, it's going to give life to my body. Vision gives life to my body. Vision makes me say, I'm going to get up this morning and I got a plan and I got a purpose and I got a destiny and I want you to get a hold of vision because we need vision in our life. It drives everything that we have. It is the juice. It is the current. It's what plugs us in to the things of God is having a vision in our life. Can I get an amen? Say, vision is the juice of life. It's the juice of life. It's the juice of life. So I want to give you some things that will that, help you understand true vision. So that's why I gave you a handout today. Let's take a look at those five things. I want us to look at this. How do I understand if it's me? Or how do I understand if it's God? Or, or, or maybe it's something or somebody else. Or maybe it's just, you know, how do I know? How do I know this is what I'm supposed to do? We're going to talk a little bit about that, all right? Number one, determine whether you have a real desire to do it or just merely a passing interest, a real desire to do it. Well, you know what? I want to feed the poor. I want to help those that are in need. By the way, today we have got some food we have to distribute after church today. So we really need your help. They're going to set up some food in the fellowship hall. Go in and please get some food and take it home today. Would you do that? Because we just can't be storing it here. We've got to give it a home and it's going to be your home. Amen? So I want to make sure that when we dismiss today that you guys go in and make sure you get food to go home and take home for your families. Amen? So what about my desire, my desire to f- feed the poor? My desire was to make a difference. And back in, in 1999, we had some people come into the church. We were located at the other building. Those of you that are not familiar with the history of Living Word Fellowship, we were located at the other building. And there were people coming in because the gas bills had doubled. How many of you know when you've got a $100 gas bill a month and it goes to $200 a month, it's a big hit when you're only living off of $500 a month. So we had people kept coming in, they kept coming in, they kept coming in, they kept coming into the church, and they were needing help with their gas bills. I mean, 200 and $300 gas bills, and I was just overwhelmed. I was just overwhelmed. And I was like, God, is this it? Is this, are, are we at a place where we can't help people any longer? And I began to pray, and I began to fast, and, and, and we began to birth what, what's now called Families Helping Families Ministry. Families Helping Families Ministry is the largest food distribution pantry in northwestern Oklahoma. Not just Woodward, but northwestern Oklahoma. We distribute more food in three months than the community food pantry distributes in a year. Let me put that in proper perspective. I'm not boasting. I'm saying that there is a need out there that has to be met. And, and we got with Faye Cole, and, and I shared the vision with Faye, and she said, that's my vision. That's where I fit. That's where I'm going to get in at. And she began to develop that thing. And now, you know, it, it's, been, it's been operating since then. God has provided provision for the vision. Amen? But there was not everybody is called to do this same thing. But if that's something in you, that on Monday nights that you can come and help distribute food, feel free to get in and help distribute food. You can see Kay Lee Master. You contact her or just show up at 5.30 or so on Monday nights and say, I'm here to volunteer. That is part of our vision on the inside of us. So if we're going to know what true vision is, we got to determine if it's real or not. How many of you know there's a lot of good ideas? 
Oh, I've had some people come and say, Pastor, I mean, a few years back, somebody come and said, we need to have a clothes closet. We need to be able to give clothes away. And, and I said, that's great. Is that your vision? And they said, yeah. I said, is that your heart? Is that your real desire? And I said, yeah. I said, maybe you need to be at Crown Heights Baptist Church. And they said, what? You don't want me to come to this church? I said, that's not my vision. That's not our vision. I said, but there is a Crown Heights Baptist Church that gives away clothes. Come on, somebody. And then there's John 316 House from Elm Street Baptist Church. I would rather you be over there fulfilling the vision that God's called you in. We weren't, we're not called to do that right now. Come on. So it was like, okay, I understand that. Why? Because I wanted to know that it was their real desire to do that. Their real desire to do that. It was their real desire. So in order to be able to understand true vision, we also have to do number two, which is true vision is when you persevere in your dream regardless of the obstacles. You persevere in it no matter what's in your way. No matter what's there. Is there a mountain? You climb it. You speak to it and it moves. Come on, somebody. You don't quit just because things get difficult. Oh, can I relate it to today? Today is Super Bowl Sunday. I can tell you the very beginning of probably the end of last year in the football season, and I'm, I'm not telling you who I'm pulling for today at all, by any means. But the Indianapolis Colts set a vision. And their vision wasn't just to go to the Super Bowl. Their vision was to win the Super Bowl. Are you with me? I saw a few weeks ago the vision come forth. Here's what I'm saying. They had an opportunity, and many, many football teams don't have the opportunity to do, to go undefeated. They were undefeated. They were one of uh, another team that's actually they're playing against the New Orleans Saints. They were both undefeated. The Indianapolis Colts had locked home field advantage. They had locked the playoffs of the first round, and they rested their people. And the town was in an uproar because they had an opportunity to have an undefeated season. And the coach said, that's not part of our vision. Hello? Their vision was to get to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. I don't know that's yet to be determined today, right? Because I'm sure the New Orleans Saints, I don't know if they had that same vision. There are a lot of teams, they don't have that vision. Hello? There's a lot of teams that say, if we can just get to the playoffs, then the next year they have the vision for getting to the first round or second round of the playoffs. Oh, you you hear me what I'm talking about? Getting to the next round. And then some say, we've got the ingredients, we can actually make it to the Super Bowl. Are you with me? So when you look at this, it was, he said, this isn't part of our vision. Our vision is that, not this. And he said, if I've got to rest the people to be able to be healthy when it comes to playoff time, that's what I'm looking at instead of the here and now where they were playing a team that really didn't matter whether they won or lost that game. They lost it, they lost another game. But yet their vision was what? The Super Bowl. Their vision was the Super Bowl. Their vision was the Super Bowl. Some's vision are just to get to the Super Bowl. But then you can see others, and their vision is not just to get to the Super Bowl, but to win the Super Bowl. They want a ring. I want a ring. I don't want anything less than a ring. Give me the ring. I want the ring. See, when you have a vision, no matter what the obstacles are, well, a player got injured, didn't matter. Somebody else will take his place. Somebody else will move forward. Somebody else will pick up the slack. 
Somebody else will come in and do the job that needs to be done. Amen? So if it's a true vision, then you've got to understand that you've got to persevere in your dream regardless of the obstacles. And you will have obstacles. Number three. Number three. Everybody ready for number three? True vision is what? Unselfish. Say unselfish. It's unselfish. Ooh, doggy. True vision is unselfish. What do you mean? <laughs> well, it can't be about you. It's got to be about Him. Your vision has to be about the things of God. If, it's, if you want to have a vision to build a great big business, that's wonderful. But what's the real purpose? I know it and have read of those that have taken a business, built a huge, very wealthy business, came, became financially wealthy, but they're spiritually poor. Hello? Kind of like the guy that had the, the grain bins and he had such a great harvest that he took that harvest and he said, you know what? I'm, all my grain bins are full. I've got enough provision. I mean, I got so much grain that instead of giving it away, or instead of doing something productive with it. Hello. He says, I am going to build me some more big grain bins. And then it was like, guess what? You better not be doing that because your very life's going to be required of you tonight. Not going to need it for tomorrow. What about your vision? What's our vision? It's got to be unselfish. It can't be just about you. That's why Shelly will, will tell you that, that tonight, I'm going to watch and I'm going to watch when the game is over. Do you know why? I want to see somebody stand to the mic and give God glory. That's my vision for a lot of what times I watch something. Shelly's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm watching the end. Well, it's over. I'm like, no, it's not. I want to see who gets the glory. I want to see somebody stand up and say, Jesus Christ is Lord. I want to, get, I want to have God exalted in the midst of what's going on because just like God wants men in government, God wants men and women in government, God wants men and women in every area and every facet of life to give Him glory, give Him worship, and give Him praise. Can I get an amen? Let's give the Lord some praise in the house this morning. So the purpose is to bring about the kingdom of God on the earth. That's what you're saying? Absolutely. To turn people away from the, the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Vision, therefore, should always be focused on helping humanity. What are we doing with it? I shared somebody the story about J.C. Penney. Do you all know about J.C. Penney? Anybody heard about pennies? J.C. Penney, when he started his business, his vision was to live, because God, you know, will give God 10%. You, you live off 90, you give God 10. J.C. Penney says, no. My goal and desire is to live off 10% and give God 90. Do you know that he, he, he got there before he died? Did he have any problems with finances? You know, maybe business-wise? I don't know. I don't know the, the, the foundation of J.C. Penney, but I know this. I know he's very successful. I know J.C. I mean, Penney's been around a while. Are you with me? Very successful while he was there. And I understand that he was able to live off 10%. And some of y'all are thinking, well, man, I make $20,000 a year. 10% would only be 2000 Well, what's 10% of $10 million? Plenty enough for him to live off. Are you with me? Because it was kingdom-oriented. 
It was about the kingdom of God. He wasn't being selfish for himself. It wasn't so he could buy a bigger boat or get a yacht or get a, you know, a cruise to the Caribbean. It wasn't those things. It was about how can I impact people's lives? Why can, how can things be shifted and changed by what I do just by selling clothes or, or kitchen utensils or whatever it might be? His goal, his vision, his desire was for the kingdom of God and not his kingdom. You may not have known that tonight, today. Number four, true vision is real when it's the only thing that gives you satisfaction. It's the only thing that gives you satisfaction. There's times where I can drink something. I can have a Coke or Pepsi or Sprite, but it's never going to give you the satisfaction that water will. It won't. It may taste pretty good. Maybe good at times. But water's going to satisfy the body. Ecclesiastes 3.13. Write that down. Ecclesiastes 3.13. says, Every man who eats and drinks sees good in all of his labor. And the Bible says that it is a gift of God. You eat, you drink, you work. That's good. You're supposed to work. That's good. That's a good thing. It's, a, it's actually a gift from God. We're, we're, we're created to work. Why? Because he knows when you put your hand to something, it'll prosper. You know that you will value something more when it costs you something. Oh, come on, somebody. Amen. Winona could give me something. It would be great, be wonderful. But if it's something that I wanted and desired and she gave it to me, it may not be as valuable if I had to work five years for it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because when you work five years for it, it's more important to you. Oh, come on, somebody. It's the same, same strategies in the finance industry. They want you to have a house. They want you to put 20% down. Why? Because they want to have you have something invested in it. Because those that have nothing invested in it will walk away from it when things get difficult. Okay? So when we look at true vision, we need to know it's the only thing that gives me satisfaction. It's the only thing that gets my motor going. It's the only thing that really, that I'm living for. What am I living for? Well, I want to, I want to help support the, the uh, orphanage in India. I really want to help support, send missionaries to Africa. Or I really want to help support the feeding the poor, those in need in this community. I really want to help support those things. There is a vision that's greater than yourself. And the only thing, you can't find satisfaction in anything else. You may try, but it's not the same. You may do this and it sounds good, looks good, might be really good, but you don't have satisfaction in that. God's desire is for us to enjoy work, but this can only happen when we're doing work for a purpose. What are you working for? My mortgage, brother. I owe, I owe, I owe. So off to work I go. I got to go to work. Wouldn't it be great where there's a time where if you could, you, you could have somebody else doing the work and you could be going on a missions trip? Wouldn't it be great if you have a time where your finances are to a place where you can, hey, send somebody else? Maybe to a place where you can go do it on your own? You can say, hey, look, I'm taking my vacation. How many people have ever taken their vacation and gone on a missions trip instead of taking their vacation for something for themselves? I'm not... I'm just telling you, it, we got to understand that our vision is real when it's the only thing that satisfies us. It's the only thing. I got to have it. I got to have it. Yeah, I got to have it. I got to have it. And when I get it, it's like, oh, this goo. Sorry, I didn't mean to slobber on you. 
Are you with me? True vision. So true vision is whether you have a real desire to do it. You may have a desire, and what about six months or a year later? The desire's gone. Maybe it's not a true vision. Or maybe it just hasn't been stirred up. Maybe it is, and it just hasn't been stirred up, or you haven't done the things to stroke it. How about true vision when you persevere in your dream regardless of the obstacles? We're going to talk about that next week. We're going to look at the obstacles to your vision. Obstacles to a vision. True vision is unselfish. True vision is real when it's the only thing that gives you satisfaction. And number five, true vision itself. The fifth key to a true vision is you have to realize that it's both personal and corporate. Personal vision will always be found inside a larger corporate vision. Always. It's biblical. See, it's not God's method to just give a vision to a group. It's God's method. He gives a vision to an individual. And that individual shares the vision with the group. And it transfers to them. Moses. Moses had a vision to deliver the people of Israel and lead them to the promised land. That vision was given to Moses and was transferred to the group. Right? Joshua. Joshua was motivated by what? Possessing the promised land. Possessing that promised land. David. David was driven by a vision to settle God's people. David was a warrior king. He had war. He brought war. Things were unrough, unsettled. But right after David came in Solomon. And Solomon's vision was what? To be able to have peace in the nation of Israel. Because we had gone through such great times of war. I say we because I'm I'm Israel too. They had gone through such great warring times. Distress. That now Solomon comes in and there's... There's peace after that. What about Nehemiah? Nehemiah was fueled by a vision. Anybody know what his vision was? Nehemiah's vision was to be able to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. But in every case, the vision was given to an individual who was ultimately responsible for seeing it through, and that individual transferred the vision to the group. Oh, if you can see beyond your circumstances, your present circumstances that you are right now, if you can have hope for the future... If you can see, you can see because it's not about money. If you really want true riches, then get a vision. Get a vision. Say vision. vision. For my life. My life. It's, it's the juice of life. I want to, Pastor, give me, you know, put them little things on me. You know, them little, uh, what are they called? Defibrillator, right? Put that thing on you. I mean, why don't we just go around and do that to some people? You know what I mean? It's like, hey, give me some juice. You get a vision, you won't have to worry about it. You're going to be waking up in the morning, alarm's going to go off, it's going to go, I'm live, I'm moving, I'm going to do my things today. I'm moving in my vision, I'm operating in the things. I got a vision, why? I'm getting out of debt. We have a vision to get our house paid for, why? So we can have more stuff? No. So we can do more in the kingdom of God to be able to do what we need to do to be able to expand the kingdom of God, advance the kingdom of God. Just I'm tired of being held back by a mortgage. I'm tired of being held back by those things. So we're going after that. We got a vision. We're chopping at it. We're chopping at it. We're chopping at it. A big old tree. I'm tired. I'm tired. I mean, we just go at it, go at it, go at it, go at it. And pretty soon, baby, that thing's leaning. That thing's beginning to fall. Amen? Because that thing, you're after that thing. You may have a vision to get out of debt. You may have a vision for dance. I was thinking about Tennille. I was praying about Tennille this morning. I said, God, she's one of them that's been placed on the inside of her before Tennille was Tennille. 
There was dance that was placed on the inside. And then there was a earthly suit put on that spirit. And what was in there was to bring back arts and entertainment for God. No, no, you didn't hear me. Bring back arts and entertainment for God. It belongs to God. It's God's. It's for God. He's created it. It's for Him. So inside her is what? It's destiny. It's dance. Well, Tanil, she just likes to dance. Duh. There's dance on the inside of her. What do you think is on the inside of bird? Flight. They got to fly. It's on the inside of them. It's what they're designed to do. What's on the inside of you? What's on the inside of you? Vision is the key. When you have vision, when you have dreams, you can have hope. And when you have hope, you can have faith. Hebrews 11.1 1. And when you have faith, you can have substance to that faith. The vision all of a sudden is manifesting itself. The vision all of a sudden is there. Now there's substance. Why? Because I had a dream. Martin Luther King had a dream. And look at the substance of what's taking care of that dream. There's things that have been changed, shifted and brought forth because Martin Luther had a dream. Martin Luther, the first Martin Luther. <laughs> he had a dream and he went to the church at Wittenberg and he, and he, and he, and he nailed a thesis saying, you know what? This about it, this about it, this about it. These things, these things are not it. These are. God says this. And he nailed it to the door there. And it changed some things in the entire believing community. Because he had a dream. I want to get you inspired. I want to get you motivated. Man, I want to challenge you. I want you to get back in the race of your dreams. What is it that you quit dreaming on? What is it that you said, no, I'm getting too old, or, oh, I can't do that any longer, or my life just doesn't have purpose, it just doesn't have meaning? I want to stir up that passion, that gift that's on the inside of you. I want to stir up that passion. I want you to achieve God's purpose for your life. I want you to, I don't want you to finish without finishing the course in a way that you win. I don't want you to quit in the middle of it. Maybe you've quit today. Maybe you've said, you know what? I had a vision. I had a dream. That was a long time ago. That was when I was younger. I'm here to tell you, maybe you need to stir it up. Maybe it needs tweaking. Maybe it needs adjusting some. But that thing on the inside of you is still what's going to come forth if you allow God to speak to you. So basically, you've got to get off the hamster wheel. Get off the wheel. Put stop on that thing or something. Get off the wheel. Change what you're doing. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. But there's a dream. There's a plan. There's a purpose. There's a destiny on the inside of you. You can choose to stay where you are right now. You can stay there. Or you can choose to get involved in life. Begin to step up and say, you know what? I had a dream of having my own business or I had a dream of this. And do the things that's going to help bring it to pass. You can begin to start saying, you know what, I'm going to pursue my dreams. The dream that God's placed in you. Why? Because it fits inside a larger corporate vision. I want to challenge you to stop making excuses of why you can't accomplish something that you were intentionally born to do. 
oh, I, I didn't know what was on the inside of me to pastor or lead people. I didn't know what was on the inside of me. But I was living my life with purpose. And now we together can impact greater than we can individually. Don't think people aren't watching. Our people have gone from 150 families a week to 170 to 180 to 190 families a week that we're helping distribute food to. I go into, I see people that, they don't, I don't know who they are, but they know who we are. I'm not bragging, I'm not boasting, understand this. And they'll say, what goes on to the church on Monday nights? Like, oh, we're, we're feeding the needy. I had somebody tell me one time, said, you need to go tell people about it. That's not what I'm going to do. I'm not going to go out and brag it. If God opens up the door and people ask about it, then I'll tell them. Because people aren't going to get that vision. Are you with me? If it's not inside, then they're not going to get that. So how can we help the community that we have? God's given you power and the responsibility to achieve your vision. He's given you the power and the responsibility to achieve your vision. What is that? I want to help others. Well, let us help you help others. I want to minister to others. I want to help others in a way. What about if we built a development? Low-income housing, built brand new houses. Put people to work that needed jobs. Transition people from renting into owning. What about if we built a youth center in this community? Well, you're just... Somebody called me a dreamer the other day. I said, thank you. (laughs) I was sharing with them about some things. They're like, you're just a dreamer. I think that's what they called Joseph. Joseph ruled a nation, didn't he? He saved the nation of Israel because of his dreams. He's a dreamer. What about you? Let's dream again. Let's have vision again. Let's look at these things and say, wait a minute. I want to be able to have vision. How many of you know that vision isn't about us? It's about what God wants to bring forth. Vision's about His Word. Why do you want to build a business? Well, it's just so I can have a bigger house, better home, have steaks on the, on the, on the barbie every night. I want to buy a horse. I want to buy a barn. I want to buy a farm. That's all great. But where does God come in? Does He get the glory? Maybe you can be like J.C. Penney. That after he funded the kingdom of God, God says, hey, here's yours. 10% of 100 million is what? 10 million? I don't know, Bill. You think you could live off 10 million? That's 10% though. Could we ever think that we could live off 10%? Yeah, if it's a million. I can live off $100,000. I don't know about you, but I can live off $100,000. Especially everything I got is paid for. Hello? Then we can really impact communities. You can build youth centers debt-free. Fire department. I called them up and I said, what can I do for you? What can we as Living Word Fellowship do for you? He said, well, we really don't need a whole lot. I said, what, what, won't, what is not in your budget that the city will not fund? He said, we need a washer and dryer, right, Terry? Need a washer and dryer. Fire station number two. I said, okay, consider it done. We bought a washer and dryer, gave it to the fire station. 
Did you hear that in the paper? No. Not in the paper. Two. Oh, I'm, that's right. Bought two sets. We bought a set for number two and a set for number one. Are you with me? I don't have to tell people that stuff. It's really none of their business. But I can guarantee you when I call up Steve Day, the fire chief, and say, this is Eric, he's going, yes, Eric, how you doing? Thank you again, by the way, for making a difference in our people. They didn't have the budget. It wasn't in there. The city couldn't pay for it. That's how I believe community should be. I believe the church should impact community instead of the church going to community with a handout. I think I should be able to call up the police department and say, look, I, I, I got, I got $10,000. What, what, what can you not get? Well, we need some of these infrared kind of goggles where you look in these deals, and they're $2,000 a piece, and we need five of them. I said, no problem. Let me write you a check. That's my vision. I have a vision that when people come to Christ and they live for God, that in a five-year period of time, maybe less than that, I don't know, that Shelly and I can and call them in the office and say, I want you to bring in every single bill you got and we're going to pay off and you will be debt free from this day forward. That's a vision. She's had dreams about getting people in and saying, here, here's the money. Go pay that off. Calling up people's home mortgages and saying how much is left on his home mortgage and then paying it off. And then he goes to pay it and they send the check back and go, what happens? I don't know, but somebody paid it off. The debt was delivered. You're not under that bondage any longer. That's the vision that we have to be able to help and reach communities and advance the kingdom of God in the earth. I had somebody one time tell me, he said, you know what you do? If you pay off somebody's bill, do you know how many people are coming to you to pay off their bills? And I said, yes, I do. They have to follow Christ. Why not? Israel had it. Deuteronomy 15, seven year release. Do your jubilee 50 years release? Are you with me? They'd be standing in line to get into church. And there is a day where that will happen. They'll stand in line to get in. To get actually it's happening out here if you watch it out here on Monday nights. They start coming at four o'clock, four thirty. And we're glad to help them. We're glad to put food in there. Don't you understand? They don't need it. No, they need it just like you need it. And today we got some food to give away. Anybody want to receive some food today? Can can you can we put some stuff?